It could also mean that God was giving mankind 120 years to repent before the waters of the flood came. Noah was in his, like, I think 500th year when he was uh, told to build the ark. Welcome to the Oh My Geekers podcast, where we educate others while educating ourselves on an array of topics. We also review movies, books, and TV shows. Hey everyone out there in podcast land. My name is Jeanette. I'll be your host and I'm here with Zeke. Zeke. He is my son and I am his mother. <laughs> um, we are going through the book of Genesis. We're doing a series on the book of Genesis. And For those... Oh, go ahead. We're on the... Uh... Part six. Yes, we are on part six, episode six. I want to thank all of you who have joined us on this journey through the beginning of the book of Genesis. It's one of my favorite books. It's actually one of the books that really opened up my eyes to the Old Testament. Well, it's the beginning of the Old Testament. It just, I fell in love with the Bible after going through Genesis as a new believer many years ago. So I just wanted to say, please um, uh, just give us a friendly review if you're enjoying this. And I'm going to have Zeke take it away. Okay. Now it came to pass when, this, when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born to them that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were beautiful, and they took wives for themselves, of all whom they chose. Yes, I forgot to mention this, but I want um, you out there in podcast land, if you have a Bible, um, just grab your Bible and open it up to chapter 6 and follow along with us. So Zeke, I have a question about this. What does the sons of God mean in this verse? We are in verse 1 through 2. Well, this passage is one of the most debated in the Old Testament, and then you got those uh, kooky people who think that it's space aliens, <laughs> UFOs, and they Bigfoot. Think, they think the sons of men are that? Well, yeah, <laughs> but there's no water to it. Anyway, but some believers uh, uh, think that this verse refers to fallen angels impregnating women. Uh, others believe that this refers to mighty men who took women for themselves. So the first few is very popular uh, among uh, many evangelicals, especially in the charismatic movements and uh the even less charismatic charismatic movements yeah i used to, that's the view that i've always been taught and so it, it's very popular but it has some problems because uh demons and angels are spirits so it seems unlikely for their genes to be passed on you know with intercourse they like it's very hard to explain. They don't have a DNA. They, they don't have a DNA. They don't have sperm. So it doesn't really make sense 
for them. Like, they can, of course, appear in the form of people. They can physically harm people. But to say that they do something that is, like, against their essential nature, because they are essentially a spirit, and... They don't procreate. They don't procreate. They because were never made to. I think even in the beginning of Genesis, it says for man to be fruitful and multiply. Yeah, I never because, said because anything man, about angels. Because man is uh, flesh. Mm -hmm. Angels, on the other hand, they are not flesh. God never said to them. They're celestial beings. They're celestial beings. And it, like even if you hear of people like uh, being physically harmed by them, that may still be in the realm of spiritual because uh, we what affects our spirit affects our body, but they don't have a body, so so that might that one has a lot of holes in it. So it has a lot of holes in it, and it also seems unfair to if they did have children that these children are predisposed to be evil. Mm -hmm. And you could also make the argument uh, against, like, people being responsible for their actions. Like, oh, they had a devil father. That's why they're so bad. Yes. You know, I just want to remind our um, listeners out there that um, when we talk a lot about these, um, when we speculate, it's not so much... I mean, these are not essential topics. So can you explain a little about uh, that? The essential topics. So the essential topics would be, did Christ come in the flesh? Yes. Is Christ God? Yes. Uh, is God three in one? Yes. Uh, God is three in one. Uh, was Jesus born of a virgin? Yes. Uh, did... Did uh, Moses write the book of Genesis? Uh, well, that's sort of we would like to say yes. It does. It's not essential, but we strongly encourage it. Are the Nephilim angels? That is not an essential. Yes, and and so I think this is something I never knew when I was a younger Christian that theologians and scholars and all these people has you know throughout all of church history actually debated over the scriptures a lot about non-essential things and even to this day christians you know of all sorts um disagree on doctrinal on on doctrine and that is that's okay as long as it's not heretical and we would consider what we would consider to be uh, false teaching or heretical teaching would be something that is that goes against the essential doctrines of the Christian faith which is what Zeke just listed so when we're talking about these issues like Nephilim and angels and you know we are talking about different views that Christians have out there as well as different theologians and commentators and yet they all agree on one thing is that Jesus is the Lord so 
Um, but this is why we study the Word of God, and, and some people go deeper. And this is why we have the uh, this podcast called Oh My, My Geekers. Geekers. Yeah, because we really geek out on this stuff. So, Zeke, go ahead. Okay, so uh, the latter view that they're... Um that they are mighty men, uh, it, it seems more likely because if the sons of God are translated as the sons of the great, which it can be translated that, it seems to epitomize people like Lamech, who at that time uh, took two wives. So, so mighty, mighty men. Who who are these mighty men? Just uh, just mighty men. People like Lamech. So around the time. That Lamech was doing things, a whole lot of other people were doing these things, taking up wives, being very um, uh, just prideful and... Can you remind um, our viewers, uh, sorry, not viewers, listeners, (laughs) can you remind our listeners or maybe somebody that just jumped in right now who Lamech was? Okay, so Lamech was this uh, person, he was from the line of Cain, and he had... Uh, he had killed two men. One was young, one was older. And he wrote a song about it. And he had two wives. And he had a bunch of kids who invented uh, everything that we use today. And he was a very evil man. And you can learn more about him in uh, our uh, episode. uh, Episode, uh, I would say, four of uh, this Genesis series, so go and uh, listen to that one. Uh, Verse 3. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh, yet his days shall be one hundred and twenty (laughs) years. I think God has grace for mankind. And so I, I believe that God has shortened their days from, you know, almost a thousand to 120 because um, the world kept getting worse. And God was just sad that they had gotten that evil. And so he did, he shortened their lifespan on purpose so that they wouldn't be committing evil for so long and, you know, um, and, and having children and teaching them how to be evil. But I mean, I know we're all born sinners, but it just seems as though it just got worse and worse. And God was saddened by that. And he was like, I need to, I need to do something about this. So what do you think about that? Well, it could also mean that God was giving mankind 120 years to repent before the waters of the flood came. Oh, I never thought of that. <laughs> it did said that uh, Noah was in his, like, I think 500th year uh, when the flood, when he was uh, told to build the ark. And then he was, like, in his uh, 600th years. So, like... People believe that 120 was the year between that time when Noah was preaching hmm. and telling everyone to repent 120 years and nobody repented and then the flood came. 
that must have been really sad for Noah to have to experience all that. I mean, he really, I really admire Noah. He's, he's a hero of the faith. And in verse four, there were giants on the earth in those days. And also afterward, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men and they bore children to them, those were the mighty men who were of old, men of renown. Okay. Why, why were they giants? Why were there giants? Why were they called giants? Well, they, they, they can be giants. Uh, people disagree on this, but it's likely that, uh, so in Numbers, chapter 13, it describes a race of giant people uh, from Anak, uh, the Anakim, uh, and the Anakim uh, were descendant from the from a group of people called the Nephilim. And the Nephilim, many people believe that because of the earth at that time, it had the firmament uh, that was keeping the waters above. And the waters above uh, kept out dangerous sunlight. So, you know, like how you get skin cancer and all that, and you're always, like, pelted with uh, rays from the sun. So that actually protected people at that time, and it made a greenhouse effect on the earth. So things got bigger. Uh, think, like, giant reptilian creatures. That would freak me out, but yeah. Dinosaurs, basically. Yeah. And uh, they're are also like giant beavers, like 10 foot beavers. That would freak me out. Like, and so the same But then thing... again, they're giants. Oh, they, were these vegan giants? Like, yeah, they didn't... were vegan giants. <laughs> I can't imagine that. <laughs> and so you have giant men also. And uh, th this may explain that, that in many mythologies, there are giants mm-hmm uh such as the titans like like the clash of the titans mm -hmm. so you got those titan dudes and they're yeah. and they're fighting yes. and the jotuns the jotuns they're in norse mythology which came later uh, the jotuns are kind of like these like haughty prideful people mm -hmm. uh and uh so they're mighty they're prideful they're giant mm-hmm uh, most of them, and so that kind of may be where we get our stories from. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Okay, verse 5 and 6. Then the Lord saw the w that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually, and the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. Okay, so I'm going to ask... The age-old question that most all skeptics ask. Did God make a mistake? No. So God's not a human to change his mind. Uh, the correct meaning of sorry when it says uh, that he was sorry that the he had made man on the earth, that word sorry can merely mean saddened. He was saddened that uh, he made man on the earth. And, and I, even at that, uh, it does not have the same 
type of connotation as repent. It just means that he was grieved. Oh, but also the word can mean comforted. Uh, the Jewish Midrash, the, the Bereshith Rabbah, it def defines this verse as, and he was comforted that he made man on the earth, a and basically not in heaven when this rebellion occurred. Interesting. So, I mean, do you think he felt the same way when uh, a third of the angels rebelled and fell? Yeah, and I think that that may actually be why he was uh, comforted that he made man on the earth, because at that point, they can actually repent and know the Lord, uh, whereas the angels, on the other hand, when they fall, it's basically they don't repent. Do you ever wonder, and I know there's people out there that wonder this, because I know I did before I came to know the Lord, why God would even create like Lucifer who rebelled and became Satan, or why God would create these glorious, beautiful angels that he knew were going to rebel. Same with humans. I mean, he decided to go ahead and do it. He knows all things. And yet he knew that they were going to do it. And yet he decided to do it. Well, he, he decided to do that because first of all, he can create, but also he does not want his creation to be enslaved to his will. He wants them to have free will. When we're talking about the will of God, yes, he's uh, preventing things from happening, but he's also not infringing upon our free will. And same for the angels, he does not control their free will either. And so he, and this is the mystery of him, uh, he, he creates things that so that he can love them. And so that they could choose to love him back. So that they can choose to love him back. That's a really, like, amazing thought, honestly. Because God could make us all a bunch of just robots. But that would be no fun for him or anyone else. No. That's a good answer, Zeke. Thank you. So let's move on to verse 7. Okay. So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping things and birds of the air, for I am sorry that I have made them. Okay, and I always wondered why, why would he destroy the beasts and the birds? They didn't rebel against God. It was humans that did. So the beasts and the birds, they were given to man like back in like uh, chapter 2. Uh, mm -hmm. Go back to... Which uh, day? Uh, that's day... Six. six. Okay. Six. And so they were given to man as his responsibility. And because of this, they must share the same fate as their masters. And anyway, who would actually take care of these animals oh, when true. mankind is destroyed? So True. They were given dominion over all the earth. Yeah. So there's actually no need of them if there are... If humans are gone, what's... Uh, what's the point of animals? True. I mean, there'd be no, no hamburgers. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Okay, let's go to verse 8. Verse 8. Okay. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And actually in the rabbinic tradition, this verse marks the transition from Bereshith, uh, the first section of Genesis, to the second phase of the book, wh whose, which name is Noah. So this is the very end of... The, in the beginning. So in the beginning. Genesis Bere is called... yeah. Genesis is called In the Beginning, and the first part of Genesis from verse 1 up to here is called Bereshith, which is, again, in the beginning. And now we're coming to the next stage, which is called Noah. Hmm. That's interesting. So the very first part of the book of Genesis is all about creation, um, how it all came into existence. And then now um, we're at the, at the very end of that chapter, so to speak, in the, I guess, what, what, whatever it was that you found this. And now we're embarking on pretty much the story of Noah. Yes. Noah's, Noah's a good story. I really like this. There's a lot to learn with him. Let's go and read verses 9 through 12. Okay. This is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a just man, perfect in his generations. Noah walked with God, and Noah begot three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The earth was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. So God looked upon the earth, and indeed it was corrupt. For all flesh was cor corrupted their way on the earth. This really, again, boggles my mind. And I think at this point, from what I'm gathering from the scripture, it is saying that every single man, woman, and child was corrupt and evil. Yes. So even Jesus compared the generation of Noah to that of Sodom and Gomorrah, which, uh, if you remember the story, both old and young came out to basically do wicked things. Yes, they and, wanted to have their way with Lot. Yeah, and also... Uh, and his daughters. The, the generation of the last days. The generation which of the last pretty days, much, which is pretty much now, like... Yeah. Like, if you just turn on the TV, it's like... I don't even want to turn the TV. You can see that even the young are doing it. And, actually, and, and we're so numb to it, and we're so... Yeah used to it it doesn't phase us and i'll bet you that's how it was in the days of noah and like in verse five and six uh and that every intent of the thoughts of his hearts was only evil continually the mm -hmm. actual uh hebrew of that is that every intent and in the thoughts of his heart was only evil all day long oh my goodness that is terrible no wonder why god said i'm sorry and wanted to start over again I would too if I were him and you know what he had mercy he he found Noah found grace in God's eyes and I think that's very encouraging because we would have no hope if we didn't have the story of Noah because I don't even want to turn on the news anymore because it is just terrifying to see what's going on out there um verse 13 and Noah, I mean, 
And God said to Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. What does the end of all flesh mean? Uh, this means that everyone living on earth was evil and violent, so there needed to be an end to all living things. He was going to destroy the earth. And we will get to this, but the earth will be destroyed again. There will be a new earth and a new heaven that we will be living on. And we will get to that. But um, let's go ahead and continue reading the verse 14 and 16. Make yourself an ark of gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and out with pitch. And this is how you shall make it. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits, its width 50 cubits, and its height 30 cubits. You shall make a window for the ark, and you shall finish it to a cubit from above, and set the door of the ark on its side. You shall make it with lower, second, and third decks. Okay, so everyone out there that is into uh, carpentry and building things, <laughs> um, they could understand all of this, you know technical talk in the Bible, because these actually mean something. All of these measurements mean that the boat would work. Um, and only someone who knows how to build things, I forget what they're called. Um, what are they called again? People who know how to build things? Shipbuilders? I, no, it's just that I forgot. They built houses. Carpenters? Well, carpenters, but nowadays they call them somebody else. I know somebody out there is like saying it right now, screaming it. But anyway, um, what is gopher wood? What do you think gopher wood? So, that sounds weird to me. Like, is it made by gophers? Well, not, <laughs> I'm sure somebody nothing, out there knows. It has nothing to do with gophers. <laughs> uh, gopher is something else. Uh, so nobody knows what gopher wood really was. Uh, but the Aramaic version of the Bible, yeah, it translated it as cedar. And so for all intents and purposes, just think of a cedar and don't think of the technical things because you'll just get down the rabbit trail. Exactly. Or and... should I say, the gopher trail. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, like this arc was 110 feet long. That's it looks... more than 200 feet longer than an American football field. Is it 510 or 110? 510 feet long. Oh, okay, I think you said 110. Uh, it's as wide as most cargo vessels, uh, and it it's 10 feet taller than the Hollywood sign in California. Whoa. Uh, if you still have a hard time picturing the scale of this boat, look up the Ark Encounter in Williamson, Williamstown, Kentucky. Uh, the Answers in Genesis ministry created a full-scale representation of this gigantic boat. I want to go there one day. I, I would love to go there. It's, it's, it's great. It's Is huge. it massive? It's massive, and they just uh, actually did a fundraiser uh, so that they could expand on the area around the park. Mm. Yeah. Wouldn't it be cool to work there? Yeah. <laughs> Depending. Depending. Okay, verse 17. We're moving along. We're getting through this week. And behold, I myself am bringing the floodwaters on the earth to destroy from under heaven all flesh in which it is the breath of life. 
everything that is on the earth shall die. Okay, what are the floodwaters? Well, the floodwaters, uh, the floodwaters in Hebrew are called mabul, which is only in connection with the flood, uh, wherever you look in the Bible, uh, the flood that Noah experienced. So only with this flood is that word used. Uh, this would be a global flood covering the entire earth to cleanse all the filth created by that generation. Did it come up from, like, because I think it, like, was it just a bunch of rain pouring and pouring and well, pouring for days? <laughs> we'll get to that. Okay, yeah. All right, let's move on. Let's go to verse 18. Okay. But I will establish my covenant with you, and you shall go into the ark. You, your sons, your wife, and your sons' wives with you. Wow. Well, okay, so one question I had for Zeke was, what are the covenants? Because I know that there were different covenants, and this is one of them. So in the Bible, there have been various covenants made with mankind by, with mankind by God. The first covenant was made between God and his creation. Uh, this is the Edenic covenant. Another covenant, the Adamic covenant, was made between God and mankind, uh, with God promising mastery over the earth, on the condition that there would be obedience and not taking of the fruit of the tree, uh, which, of course, we failed miserably in that we kind of still have mastery and dominion because that's part of the Edenic covenant, but we don't have the same sort of authority and so we die uh, because that was a part of the covenant to live forever. But there will be a redemption story. Yes. And but uh, this covenant is the Noahic covenant. It entails that God would preserve the line of Noah and never send a flood after this event. Okay, so I think as we're going through the through the Bible, we need to uh, look for the covenants because it means they mean something. Covenants and the dispensations. What do you mean by that? Well, there are two fields of study. Uh, covenant theology and dispensational theology. What's the difference? So covenant theology uh, focuses on all the covenants that God has made between man and like the Noah Covenant, the Davidic Covenant, the Abrahamic Covenant. All the way to the New Covenant. Yeah. And dispensations look at certain dispensations. So uh, they look at certain like times that like history has changed. So like... Dispensation of the times. Yeah, dispensation of the times. And it gets bit. Very technical. Very technical. Let's go ahead and move on to verses 19 through 20. And of every living thing of all flesh, you shall bring two of every sort into the ark to keep them alive with you. They shall be male and female of the birds after their kind, every animal after their kind, and every creeping thing of the earth after its kind. Two of every kind will come to you to keep them alive. Yeah, and I think it's a miraculous thing how the animals came came to Noah so that he didn't have to 
go out looking for them. And that we need to remember that God provides everything that we need. And, um, you know, I, I did want to talk uh, in this podcast a little bit about the days of Noah and some of the references in the New Testament um, that are related to, um, you know, um, just references of the, the times we're living in that are are likened to the days of Noah, but we didn't get time to do that. But we still will be able to do that in the future. So just remember that. So Zeke, go ahead and we'll finish up with verse 20 through 21. And you shall take for yourself of all the food that is eaten, and you shall gather it to yourself, and it shall be food for you and for them. Thus Noah did according to all that God commanded him, so he did. So he was preparing for this flood, a lot of pre- preparation. Yeah, he was preparing, and guess what? We have to prepare. In what way, Zeke, do you believe that we need to prepare? Well, I don't think we need to prepare the way that Noah did. I don't think that we should be preparing a lot of food, a lot of stuff. And remember, uh, if you were here for the last podcast, there was one person who prepared and didn't see the waters of the flood. In fact, he didn't see death. He was Enoch. And Mm -hmm. so he, he was taken up. And like us, if you are saved... If you have a relationship with Jesus, uh, the best way to prepare is to walk with God. Yeah, we have to uh, prepare our hearts to meet the Lord. Because the best way, I believe, is to continue to have a relationship with Jesus. Because, you know, um, we just we just want to um, be able to be ready for him if he calls us home with him. Whether that's through... Um, our time being here up on this earth or the rapture. So we are going to wrap this episode up of the Oh My Geekers podcast. But before we go, I just want to thank all of our listeners for joining us. Um, And I also want to humbly ask that you would go to leave a review on the podcast a platform that you are listening on, it would really help us um, to get this podcast out to others so that they too can be blessed um, by um, listening to what we are able to share. Everything that we share um, has definitely been prayed over, thought over, and um, and we're not flying by the seat of our pants. We're really digging in to the scriptures and learning together and so we're very thankful for being able to share this podcast with you and so we'd like to say um thank you for listening one more time to the oh my geekers podcast